Hello and welcome! You're now listening to Fancy on Tour. My name is Fanny and I'm a vagabond from Sweden, currently living the powder dream of Revelstoke. In this show, I will share my stories from traveling with you. Let's get it all started. Fancy on Tour. In the last episode, I told the story of how my travels to Canada started. At start, I lived in Stockholm in a small place that I called the Incubator. And in the beginning of December, I took a last-minute decision and went on a flight to LA, where I spent two intense days. And now, the story continues, and I'm arriving to Canada. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patriot love in all I was on the plane from LA, crossed flat farmland and wine acres of Napa Valley, and I saw some beautiful Californian mountains. But the feeling when I saw Vancouver was incredible. There she was. And Canada was going to be my new home for the next year. Or maybe even longer. I was already in love. And now it all came to proof. I had to enter the immigration. And was still nervous about that I would have misunderstood something. That my letter of introduction would not be guilty for entrance. I was sweating so much. Miss Fanny Walquist, your working permit is ready. And what kind of work are you planning to have? Uh, I will work in a ski town. All right, you can do anything except this. He pointed at a text on the permit saying, selling your body. No, oh, I won't do that, I said. And he gave me the papers. I was accepted. And now I was free. I was on the wings of excitement and happiness. I ran out of the airport and I went straight to the Greyhound bus station to grab a bus to Revelstoke. One ticket, please. Miss, I think we're so loud. Oh, actually, somebody cancelled today, last minute. So there is one seat available. Do you want to buy it? Yes, I want it. Oh my gosh, I don't think I understood how fortunate I was to get a ticket. I mean, in Sweden, there are so many buses, and uh, one don't normally need to reserve in advance. But here in Canada, it seems like the bus availability was very limited. And oh my gosh, the buses were old. They were like from the 60s. Almost like the buses I took when I visited India a couple of years ago. The only difference is that in India, the bus drivers shout out the names of the final destination for the bus to call attention to the passengers. It could be something like... If it would have been the same here, I would have listened to someone screaming Well, in this case, they would never have needed to do that. 
the bus traffic here seemed to be fairly limited, with only like one departure every three hours. But it would have been pretty funny if they did. Even though the bus was very old and kind of unmodern, my travel to Revy was a very cool experience. The bus driver was talking to us in a very old microphone, and I felt like I was back in the 60s, together with a group of local commuters on the road to an unknown adventure. We took a break at a bus station in Kamloops, and the through back to the 60s feeling continued. The bus cafe was like taken from an American movie, and it seemed like nothing had changed since the last 50 years. I was amazed by the whole scenery of this place. It was like a film, and my life in Canada was like a movie from 1969. Next up, Rolstoke. I woke up from my sleep and I was here. It was the middle of the night and my Swedish friend Fredrik, also called Beck, was waiting for me at the bus stop. I was finally in Revy. Oh man, it was cold outside. But Beck's Ford was very warm and comfy and we drove downtown to Revy. In the middle of town, he lived in a basement owned by a retired couple. And I was so fortunate to have a friend in town already when I arrived. Beck is the boyfriend of my friend Charlotte, who I met a year before in Italy. And coincidentally, we were both fancying going to Canada this season and ended up choosing the same place. What a serendipity. And we went down to the basement where Beck lived. And oh my, it was so cozy. There were these big comfy couches. The biggest couches I've ever seen in my whole life, I think. And some armchairs, so-called recliners. And they were so amazing. Yeah, when you sat down and you leaned back, your, uh, the holder for the feet came up at the same time. And suddenly you were basically lying down, relaxing. Kind of like uh, at a dentist, but more comfy. Ah, it was so relaxing. I was now here, safe and sound, in this fluffy, puffy home. When I woke up the next day, I felt very blessed. I made it to Revy. I looked outside, and it was sunny, and I had to pinch my arm to realize that this was actually real. I strolled around in town like I was on clouds. The sun, the mountains, the nice ambience on the streets. I was totally in love with this place already. I found a cafe named The Modern and I went in there. I had a butternut soup and a gingerbread latte. I looked around me in the cafe and all I could do was smile. There was a lot of mountain lovers in here and it made me feel even more that now I was in the right place. This day in Revy came to an end, and that night I went to bed with a smile on my face, so grateful about where I had ended up. But the next day was different. I woke up and I realized, oh my gosh, I need a home! 
I could basically stay for a maximum two weeks until my friend Beck and his girlfriend Charlotte would have their other friends coming that are already pre-booked to stay there. So after two weeks, I would basically be homeless. Yeah, needing to find a place. And this was stressing me out a lot. I woke up the first morning in Revelstoke and I realized that oh my gosh, I need to find a place to stay and how and where am I going to look for it? And I heard that the housing situation in Revelstoke was really tight. Yeah, that's what everybody was telling me. That if uh, if you just got an offer, you needed to take it as fast as possible before anybody else. So I started my little hunt. I was searching everywhere, Facebook, Stoke list. I was trying to talk to people in the cafes, on the streets, everywhere. So I joined this group on Facebook it was called Revy Rentals. And there, there were some people posting that they were renting out a place. But every time somebody had posted an ad, it took like two minutes. And then the person would have gotten about 30 replies saying, PMDU, PMDU, PMDU. Everybody were PMing these people. So I just thought like, oh my gosh, what are my chances to find something? So to release some of the stress that I had in my body, considering not knowing where I would live for the future or if, if I could even stay in Revy, I found this yoga place. Yeah, yoga is so good for you. It releases the tension in your mind, in your body, in your soul. So I got this monthly tri-pass at Baloo Yoga Center and it really helped me. I went there every day and some days even more than once. And it was so good. So what the first days in Ravi looked like, it was yoga, search for a place. Yoga, search for a place. Yoga, search for a place. That was what I did. And then I was eating and sleeping and, you know, that regular stuff in between. I mean, I was so afraid that I would not even be able to stay in Revy. I didn't dare to buy a season's pass. So I just went to the yoga instead. And I was looking up on the mountain thinking, maybe one day I'm going to be able to ski here in peace. I got an offer for a room and I went to look at it. I was so excited. Yay, finally! But... Oh my god, it was a man cave. Yes, it was a room in this cave, or like house, but it was like a cave. And there was all these men everywhere. And you know what? I could not handle that. But I was, I was like kind of debating, maybe I, this is my only chance to stay in Revy, to ski the powder dream of my life. Maybe I need to stay with these cavemen. But my gut feeling said, no, no, no. Wait a little bit longer. And so I did. I was listening to my gut feeling. And it was as if she was singing this work song, this uh, cotton field work song to me. Hold on, just a little while longer. Hold on, just a little while longer Hold on, just a little while longer Everything is gonna be alright Everything is gonna be alright And 
everything was gonna be alright. If I just trusted my gut feeling and believed, my time would come. So I was trusting my gut feeling. She was telling me to hold on just a little while longer to see if something else would show up. And one day, it actually did. I was searching the web and I was looking on this webpage called The Stoke List. It's like a website where everybody can put all sort of random ads. And there was an ad saying, room in house close to Ski Hill. And I texted, I mean, I emailed them as fast as I could and I got a response and they wanted to meet me. And the next day I found myself having a coffee with a couple in my own age who had just bought this house and they wanted to rent out a room to me. And it was love at first sight. I fell in love with the house and with the couple. The house had a music room and they had a a hot tub in the garden, and it was just so cozy. I felt so blessed. The angels had heard my cry. And now I could move in to this new place that was like heaven. Heaven, I'm in heaven. And my heart beats so that I can barely speak. And I seem to find the happiness I see. And as soon as I'd moved in, I went straight to Reverie Sort, bought my season's pass, went up with a lift, and experienced one of the greatest powder days I've ever done in my whole life. And I felt like now my real life in Canada has truly started. And maybe this will be my new home. 